Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, July 20th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Nintendo shares a surprise mini-direct to announce two Shin Megami Tensei games and reveal that new content is coming to Cadence of Hyrule. And Metacritic is instituting a delay before users can start submitting user reviews. Nintendo announces a Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne re-release and shows a little bit more about Shin Megami Tensei 5. Nintendo surprised everyone late last night by announcing that it would be airing a Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase early this morning. The surprise announcement last night read, On July 20th, we'll debut the first Nintendo Direct Mini Partner Showcase, a series focused on titles from our development and publishing partners. We'll share a few updates on a small group of previously announced hashtag Nintendo Switch games. The quick window between the announcement of the thing and airing the thing and specifically pointing out that it would only cover previously announced games lowered my expectations to the floor. But there were at least a few surprises. Here's what they shared. First, the Direct started with a COVID-19 disclaimer saying basically that the future is uncertain. And everything could change, including release dates. But then they made their first announcement, which was planned DLC for a game whose full title is Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda. The game released last year, but it will get three new DLC packs, which will release through October. The first pack adds new characters to the game, Impa, Shadow Link, and Shadow Zelda, And then characters named Arya and Frederick, who I believe are original characters. I fancy myself a bit of a Zelda expert, but I didn't immediately recognize those characters. The second pack will add 39 new songs to the game. The third pack, which seems the most substantial, adds a whole new story with new songs where you can play as Skull Kid, the antagonist from Majora's Mask who can change masks to adopt new abilities. The character pack is available today, and the other packs will be available later with all the packs eventually coming out by October. And then the game will also receive a physical release with all the DLC bundled in one box on October 23rd. I played and beat Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda, but I ultimately liked the soundtrack a lot more than I liked the actual game. I would go so far as to say I love the soundtrack, so I am excited to hear all the new songs, but I don't know that I am really eager to actually play the game more. But I am also such a Zelda sucker that I probably will. The next two announcements weren't really announcements so much. The game Rogue Company was shown, which looks like a pretty unspectacular third-person online shooter with a cyberpunk sort of theme. It didn't look bad by any means, but it just didn't do much to stand out. Same goes for the next game, WWE 2K Battlegrounds. There was some new gameplay, and we saw some wrestlers who were 
likely well compensated to show how excited they were about the game they were playing, but there wasn't much that had not already been shared. The Mini Direct ended strong, though, with two big Atlas announcements. Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne, which was basically Shin Megami Tensei 3 in Japan, is getting remastered for re-release on Switch next year. I would love some help here in the form of a correction because I find the Shin Megami Tensei series to be pretty confusing as it has all devolved into different spin-offs like Persona, which itself has all kinds of spin-offs. I was always under the impression that Nocturne was a spin-off as well, but I guess it is part of the mainline series and this re-release will have the number three in the title, even though it did not have a three in its North American title when it originally released in 2004. In any case, you know, where it belongs in the Shin Megami canon really isn't ultimately all that important. The important thing is that it is generally considered to be one of the best, if not the best, Shin Megami Tensei game that isn't called Persona. And it's actually the entry that I played the most. It has some Pokemon elements to it with demon collecting, and when it originally released, it featured Dante from Devil May Cry as a guest character, which was a cool idea. I'm curious if the re-release will keep that Dante cameo. It also just has a great art style to it, and I'm happy to see it getting a visual overhaul for the Switch release. It is coming spring 2021. After that, a trailer was shown for Shin Megami Tensei 5, a game we have known about since 2017, but this was the first update in some time. The trailer didn't reveal much. A teenager looks like they're given some kind of demonic choice, and I don't know that they make the right one. The game is coming in 2021, but the trailer didn't offer any more specifics than that. I had low expectations going into this thing, and they were mostly met, but I was surprised by the Nocturne announcement. That was very cool. The internet seems generally annoyed that Nintendo has not made any big summer announcements and that with Paper Mario and Animal Crossing having been released, it really doesn't seem like they have any big games for the rest of the year, which is true. But the weird thing is, is I don't know that it really matters to Nintendo. 2020 can kind of just be a low-key year for them because Animal Crossing was just that big of a hit. It feels like they are in no rush to push anything out because everyone is just going to keep buying Animal Crossing anyway. They can barely keep up with the demand for the Switch consoles as it is. Now, with all that being said, though, I think Nintendo kind of sees the cancellation of E3 as a blessing in terms of how it likes to announce games. Paper Mario was announced and released within a few months, and I think that's how Nintendo would always prefer to do it. Keep the window between announcement and release small, but E3 kind of forces them to make these big proclamation announcements all piled up on top of each other and share things many months before the popular November release window. With E3 out of the way, though, I think Nintendo is taking advantage and will make individual announcements for games just shortly before they actually release. There is that rumored Super Mario collection that will gather a bunch of 3D Mario games. Maybe Nintendo will detail it in a dedicated Direct and then release it within a month or so closer to November. And maybe in the unlikely scenario that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming this year, they will do the same thing. Have a focused, dedicated Direct for the game, and then it will come out shortly after. Or maybe 
as I alluded to earlier, Nintendo will just look at Animal Crossing's absurd sales, do a round of socially distant high fives, and just push everything it originally had planned for 2020 into 2021. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Metacritic is instituting a delay between a game's release and when user reviews can be submitted. Metacritic is a website that gathers up a bunch of different reviews from various publications and puts them all in one place to generate an average score It's a good way to take a critical temperature of a video game's reception at a glance. The website also accepts user reviews, but that metric has basically become completely useless, in my mind anyway, because users do not submit reviews based on their actual opinion of a game, but instead based on a mob mentality, typically related to a singular issue. The Last of Us Part II, for example, was bombed by users the moment they were allowed to submit reviews, because they were upset by elements of the game they learned from the leaks, which is completely unfair to the game because the people that were submitting reviews had clearly not played it. This has been a problem for some time, but it seems like Metacritic is finally taking a step toward helping prevent that kind of thing by not allowing new games to receive user reviews until 36 hours after release. GameSpot's James Carr reported on Metacritic's new policy, writing, Metacritic will now delay user reviews for games for 36 hours after release, the company announced. This comes a few weeks after the release of The Last of Us Part II, which was review-bombed on Metacritic, which, like GameSpot, is owned by ViacomCBS. Quote, we recently implemented the 36-hour waiting period for all user reviews in our games section to ensure our gamers have time to play these games before writing their review, a Metacritic spokesperson said. This new waiting period for user reviews has been rolled out across Metacritic's games section and was based on data-driven research and with the input of critics and industry experts. Metacritic said that the decision was not based on user reactions to any game in particular. Metacritic is a review aggregate site that provides two scores for every game, one based on critics and one based on user reviews. That story is linked in the show notes. I think this is a good thing and might actually restore some value to the user review metric, which currently is just not helpful at all in terms of trying to decide if you want to play a game or not. I just wish it was something Metacritic had decided to do a lot earlier. 
Here's what released today. Into the Radius is a VR game out for Oculus and Vive that leaves early access today. It's a survival shooter that seems pretty ambitious for a VR game. It's open world. There is climbing and stealth, a day-night cycle as you try to survive a dystopian environment. It sounds intense for a VR experience, but I'm curious to check it out. A demo is out today for Chris Tales, which is an old-school 2D turn-based RPG, but it has this great animation style, and apparently time travel plays a major role. The full game releases on November 17th for PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. The Steam demo has already been made available on Steam and was well-liked, but now it's making its way to consoles. I don't know how eager I am to get just a little taste of this game a full four months before it releases, but it is a game I have definitely been keeping an eye on. There is also this mobile game that released earlier this month called Sino Alice, stylized where every letter is capitalized except the O in the middle because, you know, why not? And I didn't realize this until getting a press release for the thing I'm about to tell you about, but it is directed by Yoko Taro, the director behind Nier and Nier Automata. I haven't played it, but it looks disappointingly like your pretty standard free-to-play mobile RPG. But starting yesterday, to celebrate reaching 1 million players, near Automata's 2B and A2 are being added to the game. From the press release, Heroes 2B and A2 once again clash with familiar foes in a brand new questline written by Yoko Taro for the world of Sino Alice where classic heroines of myth and fiction must take each other's lives. Just in time to celebrate one million users, Sino Alice also unveils new chapters for Act of Hatred, an update weaving the tragic tale of the Little Mermaid. A lot of those words are interesting to me, like the tragic tale of the Little Mermaid. It has been enough to make me at least download the game, so I'll see if it's any good. That's it for gaming news today. I had a pretty dense video game weekend, actually. I watched my family play a lot more Ooblets. My wife beat the game, or I suppose more accurately, got to a point where there wasn't really anything else to do. It's an early access game, after all, so its finish line is a little vague. So then my kids started playing it and really got into it. Since my wife was done with Ooblets, she moved over to Catherine, the 2011 video game about becoming an adult, I guess you could say, from the creators of Persona, that was recently re-released with a whole bunch of new content. I saw her achieve the re-release's new ending, and it was absolutely insane. I won't spoil it here, but if Catherine is one of those games you have no intention of playing, you might just want to look up Rin, R-I-N's best ending on YouTube. It really was not what I expected at all. In terms of things I played, I got the Platinum Trophy for Ghost of Tsushima, And honestly, I I miss that game. I am tempted to go and collect a few more things like the Mongol artifacts and the samurai banners hidden throughout the open world. There is no incentive to do that, really. No trophies or upgrades or anything. I just want an excuse to keep playing. It's one of those games that after completing it, I just, I want more. I hope Sucker Punch considers doing some kind of expansion or DLC for it. They did pretty substantial standalone expansions for both Infamous 2 and Infamous Second Son, so it's not an unreasonable expectation. I also played and beat Super Liminal and really liked it. It definitely has the same energy as Portal, perhaps to a fault, but the puzzles remained really clever throughout without ever getting too challenging or complicated, 
And it also wasn't afraid to play with the core mechanic, which I appreciated. I also just really liked how it ended. It kind of devolves into this strange, abstract, thoughtful examination on strife and uncertainty while making sure the player considers looking at their life through different perspectives, which was thematically consistent with the game, because that is the core idea behind solving puzzles in Superliminal, looking at things from different perspectives. If you like Portal, or games like Portal, I would recommend it. It's also not too long, which is nice. And finally, I started playing Paper Mario, the Origami King. There is a lot to like about that game. It's cute, charming, and though it never inspires big laughs, it does remain consistently clever throughout and makes you chuckle often. My thoughtful chuckles per minute are really off the charts. I'm starting to get to a point now where the training wheels are coming off the combat, which I appreciate, and I like the puzzly nature of the fighting. I do worry about it hitting a point where it becomes more complicated than fun, and I do wish I was getting experience for each fight, but so far I am enjoying myself enough to keep playing. If you have corrections, Shin Megami Tensei corrections, or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info, and please consider leaving a review for the podcast or if you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through something new. I played Mega Man X today. I'm recording this actually before I start streaming it, but my plan is to kind of do a longer stream and beat Mega Man X in one sitting. I, at the, Like I said, at the time of this recording, I don't know if I completed that goal, but that's what I'm trying to do today. You can also find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussions. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.